Hello, and welcome to the Late Registration Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Michelle. And we're here to talk to you about some of the big issues in education. And so one right now that we are kind of following is, is our dress code. You know, everybody's getting, gearing back to go back to school. And in our area, we've had some uh, dress code changes, especially in one school district. Um, and I'll go over those changes in a little bit. But can you just tell us a little bit about 40 ISD, which is here in the North Texas area? Absolutely. So 40 is a suburb of Dallas, Fort Worth. So it's in the metro, what we call the Metroplex. Um, it was kind of, I think, a sleepy town for many, many years. Um, and by sleepy, I mean like, um, you know, in 2010, the recorded population was almost 14,000. Oh, wow. Okay. So very, very small, small. Um, more of a rural community. Um, in the 2020 census um, for Forney is now at almost 38,000. Wow. Um, it's growing at a rate of almost 11% per, per year, and its population has increased by almost 173% since the most recent census, uh, census in 2010. And so the demographics, um, 81% white, 13.5% black or African-American, okay. Asian, 2.51%. Two or more races is 1.73%, which I'm surprised that seems very low yeah, these days, right? Yeah. I mean, aren't most people... Right, but maybe they just identify bias, one yeah. or the other. That must be it. Yeah. Uh, Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander is 0.09%. And Native American is 0%. Okay. So that's kind of the background on the demographics of Forney. So really changing, it seems like, over the years. And, you know, I wonder if because of the population growth or whatever, they felt they had to do something maybe to control or whatever these changes or whatever they're fearful is going to happen to their community. So I'm going to just read a little bit about the um, updated student dress code for the 2022-23 school year in Forney. And this is a letter from the superintendent. It says, hello, Forney families. We hope everyone is having a wonderful summer. As we prepare to start school on August 11th, 2022, we wanted to share an updated dress code. Forney ISD has a student dress code policy for all grades and all campuses. The dress code gives the district a positive and distinctive identity reflects the values of the schools and community. All students are required to wear the appropriate dress each day except for those days designated as non-dress code days at the discretion of the school administrators. The use of a school dress code is established to improve student self-esteem, bridge socioeconomic differences among students, and promote positive behavior, thereby enhancing school safety and improving the learning environment. The 2022-23 school year, two of the most significant changes are no clothing with hoods, such as hoodies, jackets, coats, etc., may be worn inside the building at any time, and dresses, skirts, and skorts are not allowed for pre-K through, sorry, are allowed, sorry, dresses, skirts, and skorts are allowed for pre-K through fourth grade students only. For full dress code and other minor changes, please visit our dress code site. So, wow. <laughs> a lot of um, words there to tell us that we're limiting your self-expression and maybe your sense of safety is what I got from it. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. And I'm just thinking too, you know, we've had some pretty significant winters this past couple years in Texas. And I'm just supposed to shed my 
hoodie or my jacket right before I get into the school, like. Right, because it has no clothing with hoods, such right. as hoodies, jackets, coats, coats. etc. Yeah. I just, yeah, so do they take their coat off before they come right. in? What if there's not an overhanging, so I'm taking it off and there's rain coming down or snow yeah. coming down. Or sleet. Or sleet or whatever. <laughs> and are the adults in the building also required to follow the dress code? I, you know what, that is, that's really interesting because... Um, this is a student dress code policy, and so I don't know if there's a separate one for staff, but... Well, if they're trying to, um, you know, promote professionalism mm -hmm. with students, right? then I would think that the staff should, should also... Have. Right, yeah. I agree. And, you know, one thing, too, uh, you mentioned the professionalism. Um, that was kind of the, the their reasoning that they're giving is that, you know, every job has a dress code or a uniform or whatever, and this is why they're doing it. In fact, we have, um, we're going to play a little bit, actually, I think we can play the whole thing of their dress code, which they've called the Back for the Future. And so, yeah, you need to play it on Sure, online? yeah, okay. absolutely. So we're going to do that, and we'll, so you guys can hear exactly what they're saying about that. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties, please stand we're by. Gonna, we're gonna figure this all out. When I grow up, I want to be a teacher. I know there's a lot I need to learn in the classroom to be successful, but beyond what's in our textbooks, I need to learn other important skills too, like how to have a good work ethic and to be a good listener, or how to be kind and courteous and work with others. I may be a little young to understand what professionalism means right now, but the skills I'm learning are an essential part of being successful in my future career. Every profession has a dress code, whether it's scrubs, a welding helmet, or a chef's apron. The way I dress plays an important role in it, professionalism and safety, both in the classroom and on the job site. In fact, professionalism is one of the top five employability skills employers look for. So I'm starting early by shining in the classroom and following the school dress code. Later on, I can shine in the workforce too. As a student, I will do my part with the help of my family and teachers to learn and model professionalism as I prepare for my dream career. For an updated 40 ISD dress code, visit the 40 ISD website. As she said, there are so many important future workforce skills that we want to impart in our kids as they head off to have a successful future. Things like creativity and collaboration are so important, but what's also important are some of the foundational baseline employability skills. Showing up to work every day on time. Communicating with your colleagues in a positive way. Making sure that you're following the expectations that your employer has set forth. And even just being engaged at work all the time, those translate into our schools as well. So we are so excited to reset this bar with you, with our parents, with our community members, with all of our business partners, as we work together to take our schools, our classrooms, back for the future of our kids to have a safe, enjoyable, 
an exciting learning environment in Fulming ISD. Look forward to a series of videos to come throughout the summer, just like this one, that begin to reset that bar together. things to say about that um <laughs> as I'm sure you do too <laughs> I just <clears throat> even the language is just you know I always I I'm a firm believer that words have power and I just some of the language that they use like the say you know like you had pointed out earlier yeah. the chef's hat and apron the welder's helmet mm -hmm. um you know, that's a uniform for safety on the job. Right. But I'm sure that they don't, you know, um, walk into the kitchen with their chef's hat on. Exactly. I mean. Yeah, you change into it. The firefighter is not wearing the full gear when they're hanging out or whatever. Yes. Or, wait, you know, before they get on a call. Only when they're in those training, you know, or kind of training or, or just kind of practicing or getting ready to go out and serve. And so, um, you know, I kind of have a, an issue with that as well because it's like, are we just saying that we're only preparing kids to be workers, you know, well, and not... And then the, you know, be engaged all the time. All the time. 100% of the time. I'm not sure as an adult, I can be engaged 100% oh, of the no. time for anything. anything. No. <laughs> Even no. things that I enjoy. Right, right. And, you know, it's so funny, too, because they talk about preparing kids for the workforce, but yet they're not talking about how do you be a team player? How do you, you know, work together as a team to solve right. complex problems? Right. How do you, you know, um, advocate for yourself in the workplace? Exactly. <laughs> I mean... Because that's a huge thing, even because they mentioned, you know, doing the expectations that your boss or your or your job um, sets forth for you but what if those expectations aren't safe or what if they're unethical right how do you advocate for yourself in that situation or advocate for others too and that's that's something you know we're, we're I think sometimes we're so focused on getting everybody to do the status quo that we forget about real change and positive change mm -hmm. comes from people who you know questioned or advocated for for others and so that was one thing I just thought was odd um, and some of the other things too you know he mentioned some really good job related skills that we do need to have communication yes um, being able to show up on time um, and and you know like being engaged um, obviously not all that we can't do that 100% of the time but he really failed to mention how this connects to a dress code and he talks about professionalism, but he never really defined what is professionalism. Yeah, you know? and what their professionalism right. is. Because last I checked, there are a lot of professional people who wear skirts yep. and dresses, and that is considered business attire. Right, right. And so what's, and are they, you know, the cutoff is fourth grade. That's also very interesting. Yeah. Because I would think that, if your thinking would be that, you know, um, young women in skirts are, quote unquote, distracting, if that's my thinking, mm -hmm. 
then I would automatically assume the secondary levels of school. Me too. You know, because I still view elementary kids as little kids. Yeah. Even when they're in fourth and fifth grade. And, and yeah. I mean. I know. And I know we want kids to be thinking about their future. But in fourth grade, like, I mean, I don't, I think back to what I wanted to be when I grew up in fourth grade. And it was probably nothing compared to what I wanted to do now. I was really exploring. Yeah. And this doesn't really allow for that it's just like okay now fifth grade you're gonna start thinking about your future um you know no more dreaming no more yeah kind of like exploring that. exploring here's where we're going and so well and you know I think too like you know us especially I think you know we remember back then back when um if you having a tattoo that was mm. visible mm-hmm, mm-hmm outside of traditional quote-unquote business attire um, was considered very unprofessional and now it's yeah it's not a big deal deal. lots of you know smart kick-ass creative people right have tattoos that are visible outside of professional attire and does that make them any less of a professional right yeah I always thought about that as well because I'm just like what <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah and the some whole... of the most creative and introspective people I know are the ones who and I and I think that self-expression is so important as well and yeah. I think I mean I think if we're trying to limit people with their articles of clothing then it's going to be coming to back to their actual skin their hair yes you know, I think back to even um, my my brother and my son both have kind of non-traditional hair. They have their hair in locks um, and, uh, you know, so, but both of the, my, my, my son is obviously not employed yet, but <laughs> my brother, um, you know, is employed um, and doing very well in his career. And I think about what if he was limited in, in that aspect or what if somebody who has blue hair or rainbow hair, you yeah. know, I mean, it's just... So that makes them less, less than. Right. And it just, I, I just think too, you know, I think of especially in teaching, you know, one of the biggest issues I think that's been a part of education forever has been that people who aren't or who have not been in the classroom recently mm-hmm. are making decisions about what happens in classrooms. Agree. And so if you're teaching compliance, which is what this dress code is, you know, if I'm a teacher and my administration says, oh, you know, I want your, you know, kindergarten class to wait until 1230 to have their first group bathroom break. Well, maybe that administrator just doesn't realize that kindergartners need, you know, much earlier bathroom breaks and much more frequent. frequent. Right. But, you know, maybe they just don't know because they've never taught kindergarten or they haven't been in the classroom recently and you know maybe they haven't been in the classroom since water bottles bottles were a thing exactly because when you and i were in school we had to wait to go to yes you went to the bathroom and you got a drink of water at the water fountain yes when the adults told you you. it was okay and so you know now kids bring water bottles as an everyday practice um and even before the pandemic you know a lot of people think oh it's because the pandemic they can't use water fountains anymore well no my kids were bringing them you know from pre-k on so So, yeah absolutely 
so it's like you know are they are it's like they're already deciding that girls over the age of fourth grade which is what nine ten yeah yeah you know that what you wear just to express your sense of style and self-expression right. is not professional and, I mean, it's hard for me not to, to, I mean, it's hard for me to ignore the fact that this dresses, skorts, skirts, is targeting females only. I mean, if you think about yeah. it, you know, the hoodies, it can be generalized to everybody, yeah. but then the dresses, skirts, and skorts, and the age of that, like you said, it's the, you know, fifth. So that's when we're saying that that's when either girls become a distraction or um, we want to control mm-hmm. how they express themselves. I wonder, too, if it's tied into um, transgender issues. Yes. So maybe I'm a, you know, 17-year-old male Male, by birth, but I identify as female and want to wear... Or just even gender fluid. I mean, there are... My... I have a... um, Just turned 14 and a 16-year-old boy and girl, and they swap clothes all All, the time. Yep. I mean... Shorts, baggy overalls, mm-hmm. you know, T-shirts, things like that. Yeah. So it's like, is this tied into transgender? That's true. Has there been a child there that has, um, but I guess they're okay if, if women want to dress like, quote unquote, traditional men, men or boys. That's okay. Yeah. Because there's nothing limiting that. I, that and that, that gives, I'm, I'm looking back here too at this letter. It says the dress code gives the district a positive and distinctive identity reflects the values of the school and community. Does it really? That's what I was thinking too. I was like, if I polled all the members of the Forney community, Mm -hmm. are those their values? Yeah. How are we speaking to that for an entire community? Yeah. You know? I just, you know, we were curious as well to look at what... um, demographically how their school board looks Looks, yeah and we have a um the superintendent is dr justin terry he is or appears to be a white male the school board president is greg ferris with a ph um doesn't have a ph behind his name so Mm. he's not a phd PhD. greg ferris um but also looks to be a male um Chad Johnson, vice president, um, looks appears again to be a white male, and then we have Katrina Burke Halter, um, appears to be a white mm-hmm. female. Hannah Bateman, white female. Becky Dobbs, white female. Barbara Joe Green, white female, and Scott Reagan again, uh, white male. Okay. So we have four white women and four white men, and. I know you mentioned earlier that the community is about 80% white. white. Mm-hmm. And then the next high pop, highest sub-pop was? Um, African-American or black at 13.1%. Okay. So, so even with that being the next sub-pop and it not being a huge number, but significant, yeah. there's not anyone on the school board who represents, represents that. No, there's not. So, you know, if it's 80% white, then 20% of the school board school should be, be of color. Yeah, yeah. And it it doesn't appear, you know. And granted, I'm saying this based on their Just pictures, their right? But a lot of them are. I, I mean, they're white. Yeah, they're white. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it, you know. Um, wow. I, it just. I, I'm just I'm floored and right. yeah and they're again it's just another way to and what is this teaching girls about their bodies exactly that to have self-esteem to be professional to be respected in their field of choice they have to cover up their legs or, right 
I mean, and you know, what if I move here from Scotland and I want to wear a kilt? Right, <laughs> exactly. That's my cultural <laughs> heritage. And, and how does this affect some religious yeah. groups? Right. Um, you know, that have a little bit more more strict, strict. or have, you know, dreth, um, I have two, and I'm completely ignorant in this, and I, I probably shouldn't even say it, but there is a. Um, you know, section of the Jewish faith where their women do not wear pants. Right. They wear the full-length dresses, dresses that go down to the right. ankle, and you know they. I didn't think about that. They You're don't right. even show their um, their natural hair in public. They wear right. wigs. So see. And it's a religious belief, and yeah. that's you know. And it's like, what is this? How is this going to be interpreted? Would a hijab be considered a hood? Yes. You know, like. Oh a, my gosh! Like, I didn't even think about right. that. Like, oh they my gosh! Could spin it. Somebody could spin it that way, and that could be... Of course. And so that's definitely not going to improve someone's self-esteem or their feeling about oh. their religious you know, practices and, and their religion in general. Um, it's almost being seen as an outcast, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, two, to bridge socioeconomic differences among students. How? how? Like, how does not wearing a skirt right. bridge those socioeconomic no. differences? Like, I mean, I could see if they have, like, you know, everybody wears khaki, short skirt, skirt, or pants. Right. And, like, you know, the a school polo. colors yeah. of the polo. Yeah. You can get those very cheaply very cheap. at Old Navy and Walmart right. and all the things. And that I can see. Like, nobody's wearing designer brands or, yeah. or whatever. Um, I mean, if that's truly your goal is then, to... But, yeah, it's like yeah. they're talking out of both sides yes. of their mouth. And that was, uh, my, when my kids were younger, they went to a Montessori school that required uniforms. And, I mean, my son probably really didn't care as much. But with my yeah. daughter, like, we've had striped socks, you know, the tall socks. so that you Different know, ways different to express Different ways to herself. express herself because that mm-hmm. was really important to her. Yeah. You know, and, they, and they did, on Fridays, you could have free dress. So that was kind of nice when you got to... To do that, but it was hard because we really were buying a wardrobe for school and then a wardrobe for the other parts of our lives. Yeah, you know, and so and you know, I guess you'd have to do that anyway if your kids are playing sports and things like that. But that can be a socioeconomic issue as barrier. Yeah, I'm like, so wait, on my free time, I have to wear this too because maybe my parents can't afford to have two wardrobes for me. Yeah, no. Um, and then also the promoting positive behavior. I just know if I'm not comfortable, <laughs> that's, I think I would probably get in trouble more, you know? Well, yeah, because it, it would affect your entire day. Yes. I mean, we've all, I'm sure, had days where we've yes. woken up and worn a pair of pants that yep. were a little bit too tight or shoes that were super cute but hurt your feet. Hurt your feet. But you're like, you're oh. them off. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. I think every human on the planet has, has made that choice and then regretted it. But you're not even allowed to... I know. I mean, I just... It's... Well, and I was thinking about this, too. You know, when we were kids, the only places that were air-conditioned in the schools were yes. the office and the library. Yes. And that was it. So we had... I remember we had, like, half days, like, the first week. Yes. You had that, too? Yes. So you only go to school for a half day for the first week, and then you'd start back up because they couldn't... You know, you everybody was so hot or whatever. We had those big, huge fans, and we were yes. falling asleep in class. Now it's the opposite. Every room is air conditioned in every building, mm-hmm. and I get cold at work a lot. Yes, so I have hoodies, I have jackets, I have whatever I need, and I, when I put them on, it makes me feel comfortable. I'm able to get to work easier. Um, I'll even put the hood on and kind of just like pull the little um, strings to kind of tighten yeah. it up on my head. 
And that helps me, I feel like being more engaged with my learning because I'm not worried about being so cold. So I'm just kind of cold bodied by nature. Um, and then it is, it's kind of like a little security blanket, you know? Absolutely. So and hoodies yeah. for kids, I think are definitely yeah. a security blanket. Yeah. And that's why we see so many, I think, especially like the junior high age and um, like ninth grade age, um, you know, they wear their hoodies mm -hmm. even in the summer. Mm -hmm. And I, we just went, we went to Six Flags yesterday for my son's birthday. Oh, how fun. And, you know, it's 100 degrees yeah, out. Yeah, it's still got that hoodie on. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. And there were several yep. like junior high age, I would say like late elementary junior high age kiddos with hoodies on. I see it all the time. I a lot of school dress codes have those the zip up hoodies yeah. that have a hood. Right. Or yeah. How do you find a zip up hoodie without a hood these days? How do you yeah. Are they made? I'm sure they're made, but And I even think about just school attire that I like got over the years, like when I was a teacher, like it would say the school name and then the track or basketball yes. and it would be a hoodie. Yes. And I would wear it to support the school. Yes, absolutely. And so now they have to get rid of all of those? Like, I guess, like I said, it'll be interesting it'll be, to see yeah. if they hold the staff accountable. Um, there's a article by um, insider.com and um, WFAA here in Texas, uh -huh. who's kind of been um, reporting on this. It says that um, a Texas school district banned hoodies, short dresses, and quote unquote, unnatural hair coloring and dress code meant to train students, which I don't like that word either. Train? We want them to think. Right. We want them to think, think and ask questions and, and discover yes. and explore. Oh, but train. they're meant to train students for the future workforce. Um, workforce. And, you know, just how a lot of parents have, um, you know, spoken out against this. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I just... Um, Incoming freshmen, um, I'm not going to say their name, even though it's in the article, but just because they're a freshman, right. um, said that um, the conversation among their friends is, you know, it's an outrage. They hate it. Um, you know, we should be able to express ourselves with what we wear, and the hoodies are a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's been countless um, teacher, social media teacher posts, professional learning topics yeah. on hoodies. And I think especially after, um, you know, when lockdown began, there was like the big thing on social media too. People were like, oh, how important is the hoodie now? And it's like, yeah, it's not important at all. No. What's important is connecting with kids. Yep. And can kids connect with the adults in their building when they are systemically not allowed to be a kid? Be a kid. Yeah, to be a kid. Or even person. A person, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think that kids should be able to wear anything they want to school, obviously. Right. And I think that we can teach young girls or females who identify as girls how to respect bodies and have self-confidence without regulating a huge section of their wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I know. I mean, what are you wearing today? I know everybody I'm can't wearing see like a, show, but. It's a, it was a, it's an $18 maxi dress from Walmart. Woo! Okay. <laughs> Walmart. That's big and flowy yes. and not constrictive. Right. And it's comfortable. It's comfortable. And it has pockets. And I would totally wear this to teach. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Like teacher attire is so wait, if you're if you're a teacher of pre K through four, can you wear a dress skirt? Maybe that's what they'll do, yeah. <laughs> but Wasn't... if not, then Yes. Yeah. There was also a thing I just saw here too where um a father was at the school board meeting that they had. Yeah. 
and was saying that, um, you know, he was, his daughter was there and she was dressed super cute, like in a little, in a skirt and a um, top, totally what I would consider, even as a, if I was a super conservative person, right. I would consider that age appropriate yeah. um, and ask the super, or ask one of the people on the school board, one of the ladies, um, why they were wearing a skirt to that meeting. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So apparently we can control. We can, yeah. Um, but. Well, and I guess to um, the Orny Mayor Pro Tem, um, his name is James Trailer. He spoke before the board and he has a daughter in the district. And he said, I don't think any man should be telling a woman what they should wear. I work with women daily and they wear dresses, skirts, and they're professionals. I think this is asinine. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. 40 Mayor Pro Tem. Yeah. I was like, that's exactly yeah. how I feel. And then another parent said, do I really need to request permission for my girl to be a girl? Yeah. Because there are lots of girls that are just, have always been super feminine yeah. and they wear the sparkles and the glitter and the, and all the, the things. And the, yeah. And that doesn't, yeah. And I'm thinking of my, and my daughter kind of she loves to wear, you know, shorts and likes to even wear some of her brother's old athletic gear. Yeah. Well, we have a ton of skirts. We have a ton of skorts. And we, she wouldn't be able to wear those. Yeah. You know, and I just think. But then we have some, like, little jump jumpers that I think, oh, I don't think she should probably wear this to school. It's a little, you know, it's. Yeah. But she could wear that, according to it, because it's shorts. Because it's shorts. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so. I just, I, I, yeah. It also has, there's a Dallas Morning News article where it quotes um, the superintendent um, Harry said officials were excited to, quote, reset this bar as we work together to take our schools, our classrooms back for the future of our kids. So are they like taking back? When they have the word back for the future. So the future, I'm guessing, is with the future ready careers, mm-hmm. right? The back, yeah. it's like it's kind of hearkening on what they saw as traditional schooling or traditional values um, that may no longer represent the district as a whole is what I'm thinking in the community especially if enough parents are speaking out against it too you know that's what I thought was interesting I wondered if a lot of parents were just going to be like oh this is great you know this is going to limit but it sounds like they got a lot of backlash from parents yeah so I I thought that was interesting as well because if they're saying that this is going to represent the values of the community, then why are so many parents upset? Upset. And did they, you know, do a poll of their community right. and, and ask? Yeah, like what hey, research parents, went into this, you know, before making this decision? What are you comfortable having children show up to school in? Yeah. You know, and, you know, I just... I just think it's, I think they need to call it what it is. It's compliance for women. Yeah. And um, it's to keep girls small and not comfortable in their bodies. Right. And not in a place where they feel like they can advocate for themselves. Because, you know, oh, gee, women who are confident and comfortable in their bodies and know their rights as a human are scary creatures to people that. Oh my gosh, we can't have that. Can't have that. No, no way. And just what a. I mean, I, I'm just thinking too, like I, I'm, you know, I'm a woman and I'm thinking if I worked in the school district, they're basically saying that, you know, skirts make a woman less than yeah. in a professional environment and Which dresses. is should be the, should not be how it is. No, absolutely not. And what, you know, what 1955 playbook did they get this out right. of? And then I wonder what's the bigger 
idea too is that are they saying that we don't want women going into the workforce too because after these children graduate then they're gonna mm -hmm. be going back to wearing their skirts and everything else that they did as a child because they're not gonna be working that very well could be yeah. you know it's interesting that the professions that they mentioned they didn't mention they all were uniforms right. the chef the welder yeah. I forgot what the other one was um, but firefighter know, I think firefighter them, yeah. yeah so if they would have said um, county judge or you know even youth pastor yeah, and yeah. you know teacher lawyer corporate professional like yeah where does no skirts how does have, that define fine. right have anything to do with professionalism right it doesn't and and i think too one of the things with this aren't they limiting i don't know if it was read in here the denim as well oh. i think that's one of the other things and that i saw as well is that um yeah, there's something about denim in it. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, so that's another thing too, is that I see a lot of companies are now allowing for people to wear jeans to work and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and even as teachers, I think they're recognizing too that it's hard for teachers to really move around the classroom, build relationships with students, helping students engage with the learning. If they're in restrictive clothing, so I've seen a lot more, you know, being able to wear jeans and a yes. t-shirt, you know, um, almost daily. Well, and we're always, you know, oh, free jeans pass. It's like, oh, gee, thanks. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. You know, they reward <laughs> Us with, with that, it. but it's like, it's like that really shouldn't be a reward. We should be able. That should be. I mean, in my opinion, you should be able to wear jeans every day if you're a teacher. Maybe, maybe saying that they have to wear a school T-shirt or something. I guess not a hoodie. But not a hoodie. No. <laughs> but yeah, that. That is, and I just wonder, you know, this is one school district, right? One small school district yeah. that's made the news, you know, is yeah. a lot of people are watching this story. I wonder how many school districts will follow suit. Follow suit. I don't know. And I feel too like the, um, you know, the population's changing so rapidly mm -hmm. because it's still fairly economical to rate, you know, buy a house, raise your family, that type of thing out that way because it is farther from the center of right. the Metroplex. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. But it sounds like they aren't even considering that. It says here that a district spokesperson told WFAA, which is a new, local news station here in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, that the dress code is still moving forward despite passionate pleas from parents to do away with it. And then it says the school board does have time um, before school starts to amend or repeal it. So I just... I hope. <laughs> here's two from um, an article on CNN. Um, it says, if the student violates... The dress code they will be given an opportunity to correct the problem mm -hmm. at school the policy says if the violation is not corrected student may be placed under in-school suspension until the violation is fixed or until a parent or other adult brings the child different clothing that fits the policy so you know in school suspension in school suspension and what if my parent works in dallas which right. is probably a good hour away right. in traffic yep and can't run me up some clothes some clothes and they don't have any that fit my body I mean, it just, there's no body, bodily autonomy no, in that. There's no. no. And I know you and I have, you know, both worked in school districts. And really the, the in-school suspension to me is ridiculous because we're so moving away from these trivial reasons for putting children in ISS and they're missing out on learning. Yeah. They would rather really stick with this dress code and put kids in mm -hmm. in-school suspension and they're going to miss out on that in-class learning that is critical for them to get these future careers. Yeah. 
Absolutely. They would rather stand down and yeah. and mm-hmm, talk about a power struggle. Right. I bet their diff, um, discipline data absolutely reflects oh my goodness. their attitudes yeah. towards yeah. students. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'd be interested to see who also, um, what sub pops end up in ISS the most for these dress code violations because I just wonder if they're going to be able to enforce this fairly. Um, There's no way they can. You know, I just how I think do you in- right. fairly enforce an unfair policy? Because right. I just think even too about just some of the research and, and articles, um, especially about uh, um, African American female bodies, how they're regulated at a higher rate than their white female counterparts. Um, Absolutely. You know, and that, uh, you know, a girl who's wearing certain things who's African-American were looked at differently than a white student wearing the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that um, in pushback? Push the, out, yeah. Push out. Yes, yes. The pushback. No, but I mean. <laughs> it's, it's, um, that's uh, one of the things that they talk about as well is that young African-American girls are sexualized and objectified at a much younger yep. rate than other races of the same age. And, um, you know, I just, I can't believe that they're not walking back on this. I know, I know. Yeah. Or even like, whoops, typo. Yeah, you know? <laughs> actually, we didn't mean that. We didn't mean that. Um, and, and just for those of you who may be wondering, the push out, it's a, a book that we're talking about um, that talks about how um, black girls are discriminated against, disciplined more harshly than any other population in schools. And uh, Dr. Monique Morris is the author of that book. And I think there's a documentary. There's a that documentary, accompanies yeah. It as That's well. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and too, like you know, it says, I mean, on their district school board page, it has that they are there to reflect the values of their community right and if the community is outraged and they're receiving all of this backlash then why aren't they adjusting their policies to reflect reflect the community the community i mean they're going against their very own you know i just i wonder what's going to happen by August 11th as the first day of school? Like, do you have any predictions? Do you think that people are gonna be pulling their kids out? Do you think protests? Do you think the school board will change and repeal it? I, you know, I, and I, I hate to even say this because it's like a part of me wants all of these, you know, young, smart, students to say F you and your dress code policy <laughs> yes. and like but I don't want them to have to suffer in school suspension right. or worse for doing that. that. Right. But man, would that not be an amazing sight yes. to see? <laughs> and I wish like the teachers would say, we're not coming we're not, in yeah. until women and fem- females are treated fairly. Yeah. And have the same rights to bodily autonomy yeah. as their male counterparts. I agree. And I wonder too, like what if I'm a, you know, seventh grade male and I identify as female, um, can I wear, or even, I mean, I've been in classrooms where there are very young children that have 
come into yeah. kindergarten and their parents have confided in the the campus and said, you know, they this is how they're this is how they've identified this is dressing. This is what they want to be called. Yeah. We are going with it. We're letting them choose. You know, so what if I'm a yeah. you know or you know, how many times do little boys I mean, can they play with dolls too? Like if I'm a exactly. boy kindergartner, can, can I play with a doll? Okay? <laughs> I mean, it's like just the the throwback to these traditional right. gender roles right. is just so backwards. Well, and it's interesting to me too because we're asked like you literally said, "Can I play with dolls?" We're asking for permission to do things that kids would normally do anyway. Like, and it's like now parents have to ask the school district for permission. Yeah. That, yeah. That's just insane. And under the guise of preparing them for future ready careers, I'm sorry, this is not what they're trying to do. They're not trying to improve self esteem or bridge socioeconomic differences. They're not trying to promote positive behavior. And that's not, this is not going to enhance school safety or improve the learning environment. Yeah. I wonder too. Um, what is their cheerleading uniform going to be like this yes. year? Yes. Is it just, I guess, pants, right? It has to be. Or shorts. Or shorts. That are three inches above the knee only. Only. Or longer. Yeah. Because. I know. I mean, how can you, you want to talk about showing skin. Right. Those I mean, cheerleading the, uniforms are pretty much. They're meant to show the underneath yep. panty part. Right. You know, and otherwise they wouldn't have the, the court, skirts would be longer, or you wouldn't even wear skirt, skirts. And they'd have a court. They wouldn't be coordinating colors and all that. You know, I mean, it's right. it's like they're meant to be seen. Yeah. And you know, or if they lengthen the skirts, can they do stunts where the skirts could fly, fly up? up? You know, can I do a round off if it's going to make my skirt fly up? That's true. I mean. <laughs> And how can I even do a roundup and not get tangled yeah. up in my yeah. skirt? And yeah. And what about track shorts? You know, can I run cross country and knee length? And knee, right. <laughs> and knee length shorts. Right. Because those are traditionally shorter. Yep. Because it's track, track. and you know that's yeah. what the sport like the accepted uniform. Yep. There's volleyball. Volleyball. I mean. Yeah. It's like opening the door. I just yeah I don't think that that was really thought about that the that means that they they could not wear those things on game days only at the event well they can't wear them in the building exactly so basketball courts are in the building I would assume that a football court is also considered a school building even though it's outside I mean, yeah. because they wouldn't let a student wear, like, a shirt that had a big marijuana leaf on it to a football game. Exactly. Like, you know, to attend. To you attend, st- a you lot still of, have to yeah, you have to wear and a lot the dress of, code for the school. Absolutely. And they'll send that out, like, in the flyers, I know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they'll even say students must have their ID, um, you know. Yeah, you're and, right. Yeah, so how are they going to enforce that? Yeah. And, you know, if we're modeling good behavior for our kids, then then I guess the adults should also adhere to that. Yeah, I would think so. And, and, and no way, like, I guess I just think, and we both agree on this too, you know, how is this best for kids? It's not. It's not. And if we can't answer that question. Right. 
then why are we doing it? Right. You know, because everything that we do in schools at the end of the day should come down to, is this best for kids kids? or not? And, you know, I don't feel like it is. Is, and I wonder too, like our administrators who don't follow the ISS um, discipline policy, are are they they going to be in trouble? trouble? And are they going to get dinged? Because they believe in, you know, I mean, there's so many questions. Because, you know, I, I know with a lot of districts, they have like discretion, they call them discretionary discipline yes. policies. Yes. You know, there are certain things that by Texas state law, if a child does automatically, um, you know, sent to an alternative yeah, placement. If they show up to school with a knife over a certain length, um, a gun, yeah. a, you know, um, drugs, that type of thing. It's, right. it's automatic, and it, that is set at a higher level than, uh, you know, just the individual campus or district. Okay. But most of our discipline is discretionary. Placements are discretionary, <laughs> meaning they've done, you know, the child has done something, or maybe there's a consistent pattern of behavior mm-hmm. that doesn't violate those, you know, non-negotiable things. But, but has also been demonstrated to be, you know, an ongoing disruption right. or a big, you know, safety factor. And so what if a principal is like, you know, that skirt that's below the knee isn't, in my opinion, a reason for ISS, right. so I'm not going to do it. Are they going to be penalized for that I as well? I that as well, too. Because I can see a lot of principals being like, this is not a battle that I want to fight, but then is it setting them up for another battle yeah you know and then what about the principals who are sending kids you know the first time like or whatever you know just yeah okay you got your chance okay your mom can't come bring you clothes okay we're going to ISS yeah you know and if I'm a high school student and I can drive and I have my own car can I leave the school to go and retrieve quote-unquote fix the problem and then come back Or, you know, because if yeah. I'm in seventh grade, I can't go anywhere. I right. My parent has to bring up whatever it is. Right. So then you're going to send me to ISS? So For something. That's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. There's so many implications to this. And <laughs> the fact that they're still upholding it. I think that's so odd because it's like you have so many parents that are upset about this. And students. And students. I mean, there's, I think, a 10th grade student who started a petition. Good for and them. And already got signatures and everything. Like, Good for them. Yeah. So, I, I just, yeah. Do you want to see kids learn how to advocate for themselves in a non-facilitated way? This is it. Rather than giving them opportunities yeah. to practice this, they're going to start taking it in their own hands. And it may not always be, you know, the petition is great, but it may not always be that way because we haven't given them the opportunity to learn how to do that and to learn to see that their actions can create positive change you know and yeah like, this would have been a great what a great opportunity, opportunity. for that right or even you know I think too like um, <clears throat> you know with especially with the upper grades you know can you um, you know maybe the cheerleaders can they um, articulate why they need to be able to still wear their uniforms yeah. And if they can articulate that and the board agrees, then can they also um, articulate why, well, 
giving us the exemption isn't fair to everybody, everybody else. else. Right. And, you know, how cool would it be if the adults in the room could not only listen, but take that feedback yep. in and show them, you know, sometimes as an adult, you think you have all the answers and you do something and you realize it was a huge mistake. Think, yeah. And this is how you it's go you about correcting that. that. Yeah. Yes, and repairing a relationship, repairing that harm. Those are those are the future ready job skills. Yes, that, that our kids need. Yes, is like you said, because if they're going to be working with other people, working in teams, yes. this is part of that. Learning how to atone for, you know, our wrongdoing, whether it was yeah. intentional or not. How do we do that? Yeah, and yeah, they just they missed a great opportunity to do that. But I think too, sometimes. It's because they're kids. Mm -hmm. We don't always take kids seriously. No, we don't. We don't always listen. Yeah. Or we assume that we know the meaning behind what they're saying. Yes. And we don't. We don't at all. And it's just, it's just misogyny, I think, at its finest. And it shocks me that there are four females who, who, like, at least one of, I mean, they don't show, I guess, who voted voted, for what, but at least one of them had to, for it to be majority, and I guess, even what we're thinking, like, maybe the men weren't the ones that voted for it, maybe it was the women and one man. Yeah, that's true, you're right, which I think is even more disturbing. I think so as well, because it's like, you know what it's like, you know? I mean, and where's it going to stop? Yeah. Where's it going to stop? That's that's what is scary to me is, I think, where it could lead to. Like we said with the tattoos and just children with their hair and different Piercings. things like that. Piercings. Um, you know, that that is scary for me, especially, you know, I, I don't live in Forney, but having an African-American son who mm-hmm. wears his hair, twists his hair, it's, you know, it's not the clean, sh- you know, clean shaven look, it's... Uh, but that's how he expresses himself, and I don't ever want him to feel... Like he shouldn't be able right. to. Or that he's less than, right. because he twists his hair instead of shaving it. Exactly. Yeah. I just... Is it 2022, or is it 1922? Yes. I mean, it's like, I don't know who put us in a time machine and slingshotted us back a couple centuries, but or a couple decades, I guess five decades, six decades, yeah. but... It's- I mean, I even, you know, my mom in school, girls could only wear dresses. That's what's so interesting to me. I think my parents, the same thing. They mm-hmm. were only allowed to wear dresses yeah. to school. And if you think about it now, it's like, oh my gosh, women weren't allowed to wear pants. Right. And like, that was like a big thing. Right. You know, like Elvis gyrating on stage. Ooh, big deal. Big you know? deal, yeah. But we advance and we grow and we learn and we become more tolerant of others. Yep. But now it just seems like all of that is reversing course at a really fast pace. Really, really fast pace. It'll be interesting to see, yeah, like if um, parents are like, I'm not sending my kid yeah. here. And, and is there, um, you know, a private schools? Out? I'm sure there's like the private religious yeah. schools and right. things like that. But I would have guessed that their policies aren't even that strict. I was going to say, you know. It's usually like skirts and shorts at the knee or lower yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and if so, too, you know, there's always homeschool. There might be parents who have a co-op or, or whatever yeah. to, to meet the needs of their students. And I think that's the interesting thing now, too, is unfortunately, you know, public education, you have a lot of people who are looking elsewhere and, and finding alternative, which I shouldn't say unfortunately. Fortunately, people are being innovative and realizing, you know, um, um, there's other ways yeah. to educate, but also that does take away from our public schools too. And um, yeah, I just I'm a big public education fan, so it's it's hard for me to to, to 
to think about that too. Yeah. So. And you think too, if, you know, we're always, you know, districts are held to certain things um, by their state education agencies, you know, like you will do this standardized testing right. or you won't receive funding, like right. all of that. And so it's like, well, where's those people now and yeah. saying, you know, you're going to respect the right of your students over the age of fourth grade right. to be able to wear a skirt or a dress no. You know, where are they in, in all this? And I just, I don't know. It, it, it And we both have daughters. <clears throat> and it, it does. It, it worries oh, yeah. me it, for them. Me too. And it worries me because I've raised my boys to respect women. Exactly. Not just respect women, but respect everyone. Yeah. Respect everyone no matter what. And, and not necessarily treat people how you want to be treated, but treat people how they want to be treated. Yeah. You know? And, and respect yourself. And respect, yeah. To, you know, okay, if somebody's doing something that doesn't align with your personal values, then here's how you bow out of that relationship. Right. In a respectful and productive manner. Right. You know, we don't resort to shaming them for what they believe. believe. Exactly. But, you know, this is how we protect our boundaries yep. and how, you know, and it just. Yeah, oh. this seems like it's crossing a lot of boundaries. And a <laughs> for lot me, of. At least. Yes. Like you I know? would, I can't. And then like part of my tax dollars go towards that. That's what I was thinking too. I hate to call that like taxpayer card, but. Yeah. So you're saying that, you know, I, I'm good enough to wear a skirt to my job to be able to afford to pay these property taxes, right. but my but daughter, daughter can't. Just it blows my mind. Yeah. It blows my mind that we're, this is what we're, of all the things in the world, right. this is what we're going to take a stand against. Yeah. I mean, I think if they would have, um, I don't believe with the hoodie rule. I know that's, that, and it has so many layers, right? Because it, we know that schools are increasingly becoming unsafe. Right. We also know that mental health rates are on the rise for kids Mm -hmm. and that a lot of kids use a hoodie as a mental health coping device. You know, it's like a fidget. Yes. I I mean, I will say even too, and I'm 40 years old and I use it as a coping device. And so, you know, I think if they would have left it at the, you know, so many inches above the knee was appropriate. Right. And even if they would have included the hoodies, I don't think they would have gotten the backlash because then every single student would be treated equally. Right. I agree. You know. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that they probably could have gotten away with the hoodies if that was the only thing. Yeah. I do too. But and even that I think is it's still BS to yeah. me. You know. Yeah. And I even think, too, like, I think this was about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, um, when Trayvon Martin was murdered. And a lot of people talked about him wearing the hoodie. Yes. And I'm just I remember, like, remember that. that. Why did that have anything to do with right. it? Right. It was like, oh, that's why he was targeted by um, because George Zimmerman or whatever. Because he's dressed like a teenager? Right. <laughs> okay. Right. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't, I don't get it at all. Well, and, it'll be interesting to see yes. what happens between now <laughs> yeah. and the, I think August 11th is what they said was yeah. their first day of school. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe we'll have a follow-up. We should have a follow-up. <laughs> yeah. We between should now have, and then. Yes. Yeah. So we need to have a follow-up corner, a correction corner, because I already know one mistake I made with our first, our very first episode. I was talking about the teacher that gave out all the leaflet magazine things to oh, her kids. Yeah. It wasn't for science. It was social studies. Oh, okay. It came to me afterwards. After- I'm like, that was not science. That was social studies. Well, yeah. But we got the, the gist you know, of it. Yes. Still something that if the teacher couldn't keep track of them all, I don't know yeah. why they thought that their kid, their students would be able to. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. It will be. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us again on the Late Registration Podcast. This is Ashley signing off. And this is Michelle. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.